0: That is good, and uh, I'm very excited. To me, as an honor. I don't take this lightly. To be standing here, it means a lot to me. This is a, a holy place. This is a, a place. Uh, people come here expecting something. So we have to prepare. We have to seek. We have to pray. And uh, so I'm very, very honored to be standing here hallelujah and uh, my message for tonight is your first love your first love and, and it's and it very funny because when uh, Teresa Johnson she uh, asked me like can you pray this uh, can you preach this day and, and the, in the very first moment I say yes I start asking God what do you want me to talk about And and if you preach before, you know this, you're you're praying, you're asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to to teach? And uh, one day I was just sitting right there, listening to Pastor Goodluck, and the Holy Spirit say, first love. So I got very excited, like, yeah, first love, I like it. And uh, I got very excited, I got into the Word, I started studying, and I realized that first love, Is a very confronting word, because it's asking you where you are with God right now. So, after I realized that, I didn't want to preach about that anymore. (laughs) Because we preachers, we like to get people excited, right? We like to people jumping and excited, and people jumping off the balconies, and all excited about the Word. And uh, so I was backing forward with the Holy Spirit, and I was like, how about if I preach about promotion? Promotion is good. People <laughs> like promotion. And uh, it just came back to me first love. How about glory to glory? Glory to glory is a good message. First love. And I'd be like, okay, fine. Then I, I do first love. So the message for tonight is first love. And um, what is first love? First love is your first experience with god it's like the very first time you get to know that jesus is real that he comes into your heart and then you realize that heaven is real that uh, his promises are real and then this fire in your heart and this desire to get him to to get to know him better and uh, I remember. You guys remember your first time, like when you first met God. I remember my first time, like it was yesterday. I remember I was uh, 15 years old in Costa Rica. A friend of mine invited me to to go to church, and I, I if you ask me, I don't remember what was the the message about. But when it was time to 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 the altar call, I feel my heart going like a thousand miles an hour. And I remember that, I mean, I was 15 years old and uh, I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about seeing or evil and good. But I knew that I knew that I knew that I needed to go to the front and do the the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I remember go to the front and I did the prayer and I was crying. Why? I don't know, but I was crying. I was crying. And uh, I remember that night I, I went back to my place, to my house. And uh, this is the 90s. So I have my room covered with like uh, posters, like Rappers, like Cypress Hill, the Snoop Doggy Doe, Wu-Tang Clan, and, and one by one, I start putting everything down off my walls, and my, brother's, my brother come in, and he see what I'm doing, and he's like, mama told me that you went to church tonight, and I say, yes, and, I, and he's like, are you going to be a Christian, and I say with this security in my heart, and I say, I am a Christian now. And uh, my brother is like, don't be silly. That's not, that's not like that. It's supposed to take time. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I know, I know in my heart that that night I put a smile in God's heart. Cause, uh, and, and from that moment, from that moment, anything they need in church... I wanted to be there. If like if they need somebody to paint the wall, I wanna wanna I wanna paint the wall. If they need somebody to mold the law. I wanna mold the law. If they, they need somebody to build the church fence because back then they don't have any, I, I wanted to be there. To the point that my mom is like, "Why don't you just take your clothes and live there? Like you don't you don't spend time here anymore, so might as well just do it." So that was, that was the, the, the first love. And, 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 and the natural, it, it is the this, this, this same thing. Like, uh, do you guys remember when, when you first met your spouses, spouses or your husband? The fire, the fire. The, 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 I remember when I, when I met Maddie in, in, in Puerto Rico. And uh, to be honest, I never thought, like never crossed my mind that Maddie will pay attention to me. I mean, she was such a pretty girl, uh, beautiful voice, very high on fashion. So to me, Maddie was like Beyonce right here, and I was like Danny DeVito right here. And uh, seriously, to the point that she got to make it obvious that like she, she's like, I like you. I like you. So when I realized that she likes me, then I got super excited, and I want to... I wanted to make her happy. But, you know, and every time I see her, I got this electricity going to my leg. And, and I want to get perfumes for her. And I want to bring flowers for her. And uh, from there, Maria and I, we've been together for 19 years, right? And uh, 19 years together. And, and at some point, uh, we realized that that first love goes away. We realize that that first love, those emotions, they uh, go away. If we don't do something to keep that love going, that love will die. And uh, and the same thing happened to, to the spiritual. If we don't do something for our love for God to keep it going, that love will die. And that's the title of my message. That was just the introduction, guys. And uh, so... Revelations 2 verses 2 to 5. And uh, before I get into the world, to the word, uh, there's Jesus right here. And he's talking to the church of Ephesus. The church of Ephesus is the very same people from the book of Ephesians. So uh, we know about a lot about the church of uh, e- e- Ephesus. We, we, through the book of Acts, through the book of Ephesians, we see uh, a church that is born. We see a church that is uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. We see a church that is growing. And we also see a church that is uh, in persecution. And uh, so this is no little church this is uh, the, the church in Ephesus was one of the three biggest uh, churches in Asia and they were serious about holiness they were serious about uh, taking the, the word of God to other places they were serious about sending missionaries to other places so this is no little church I mean people will ask them like who is your pastor? Uh, Timothy okay that's good where did he learned from? from the apostle Paul that's very good. Where he learned from, from like Jesus. So this is this is you know our one of our secondary pastor, uh, uh, the apostle John, the apostle the apostle that Jesus loved. So this is no little church. This is people of the Bible. This is people that, uh, that love that, uh, that they were serious about holiness. This, they were very serious about holiness. And then we have Jesus right here. And uh, let's see what the Bible says. Revelations 2, verses 2 to 5. And it says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they're apostles and they're not. And have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience. And have labor for my name's sake. And have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Remember therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first words. Or else I will come to you quickly. And remove your lampstand from its place. Unless you repent. So, at first, when you... Uh, when when the when the verses start, it sounds like a church that I really want to join. It really sounds like let us let, let's, let's check what these people do. Uh, the Bible says that they were do, they they were doing the, the works and the labor. They were patient. They did not tolerate evil. They study the word. I mean, how did you know they study the word? Well, they say that they were able to say who was a, a false. Uh, uh, prophet, right? The only way you can tell who is a false prophet is if you study the Bible, right? So if somebody comes to you, there's something that is not in the Bible, you say like, wait a minute, that is not in the Bible. So they were serious about studying the Word. They have perseverance and patience. Notice that word again, patience. They worked for the kingdom very hard and they uh, did not become weary. So these is people that they were serious about holiness. They were serious about being a church, but um, something happened to them. Something happened to them that Jesus is telling them: Remember, from where you have fallen, you have left your first love. Now remember again. Remember from where you were falling. Remember the heights. Like you used to be right here and now you're right here. Repent and do the first works. So, what do we have to do when we don't have that first love anymore? Do we say like, God, give me my first love back. Lord, give me my first love back. No, the Bible says that we need to go back to the first works. And the, the Greek word, for first in these birds uh, is the word protos. Do you have it? And The word protos is, is the same word they use for prototyping. It's the same word they use for prototype. It's the same word they use from beginnings. So Jesus is telling them, you need to go back to your beginnings. Like, you're not thankful anymore, be thankful. You're not passionate anymore. Be passionate. You're not holy. You're not uh, into holiness anymore. Be holy. Amen. Can you guys say it, amen? amen? Hallelujah. And uh, so this, these verses, it, it teaches that we can do all these things and still be lost in the kingdom. Uh, these people, it, for them, it became like a, like a cycle. It became like a pattern. We go to church, we do this, we do that. And, and, and in the midst of all that, they forgot about God. So I want, you to, I want you to see it this way. When you love God, you do everything for Him because you love Him and you have passion. But when you're doing things, I, I even you though you're doing it for God, but you don't have love for God, what's the message you're sending? Like, we're okay without you. We're okay without you. So, I want to spend these three hours and a half. Right, Pastor? That's three hours and a half. Yeah. We can lock the front door right there. To, to talk about a little bit love for God. Your, your first love. And uh, there is this huge um, conversation in the book of Matthew about what's the greatest commandment. And there's this masters of the law going back and forth, arguing what's what's the point, like what's the point of of what we do? What's the greatest commandment? And uh, so they decide to go back to the source. And that's something that we have to learn. They go to Jesus. If you have any questions, if you have any doubts, go back to the source. Who is the source? Jesus. So, let's go to Matthew 22, uh, 36 to 40. And it says, Teacher, which is the, great, the greatest commandment in the law? And he say to him, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second commandment. It's like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two, very important. On these two commandments depends all the law and all the prophets. So the question, the answer to what's the point of doing what we do, what's the point of this that we're doing right now? To come to church on Wednesdays, to do services on Sundays, to do small groups, to do jail ministry. What's the point of all that? It's to love God with all our heart. If we're doing all this and we're not loving God, we're just doing religious things. What's the point of it all? The the, the answer for Jesus is the point of it all. The point of it all. The point of it all is that we should love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. I mean, this church in Ephesus is in big, big trouble because of this. To the point that Jesus is like, remember from where you have fallen, you used to be right here and now you're right here. Repent and do your first works. If you don't do so, I will come to you and remove your last, your lampstand. Do you know what that means? I will remove my present from you. In other words, like Jesus is saying you wanna do church without me? You wanna do let me ask you a question. You ever be in a church where the, the Holy Spirit is not there? It's sad. It is I don't wanna be in a place like that. So Jesus is saying, you want to do church without me? Go ahead. Go for it. Isn't that what uh, God told Moses in the book of Exodus? The, book, the, the Bible says, and I'm, I don't have it in my notes. I'm just paraphrasing. That the Bible says that uh, Moses, uh, I mean, God told Moses, your people is such a hard-headed people. You know what? Go ahead. Go possess your promised land. Go ahead and and get your milk and honey. But I'm not going. And Moses says, If you don't go, what's the point of going? If you don't go, we don't want to go. Because Moses understood that having milk and honey, and having promised land, if you don't have God, you don't have nothing. Moses understood Moses understood and, 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 he's, and he's like, if you don't go, we don't want to go. And besides, you say that you're already going, so you're going. It really gets uncomfortable over there. It feels like like God is about to turn Moses into ashes. But he, he doesn't. Why? Because God appreciated on his heart. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love is the point. And why love is so important because we are love without love we're nothing when we are when we when we are in love we do things with passion 1 Corinthians 13 13 1 Corinthians 13 13 and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of this is love so l- l- let's let's talk about this just for a little bit we can say that the faith is a huge deal for us i mean faith is, is the main core of our believing right so without faith we cannot please god that's what the bible says right hope hope, hope is the essence of faith we're hoping we're hoping that one day we get to see jesus face to face We're hoping that one day we we will go to heaven. We're hoping that our, our family that doesn't know Jesus one day, they will be safe. Right? That's hope. But the Bible says that the greatest of this is love. Love is the point, guys. I mean, what cuts out fear, according to the Bible? Excuse me. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you, Jesus. According to the Bible, what cuts out fear? Do bravery cuts out fear, according to the Bible? No. The Bible says that uh, perfect love cuts out fear. Do you ever thought about that? Like what truly means perfect love cuts out fear? Let me give you an example. Let's say that you are in your house, and all of a sudden your house, uh, it, it turns on fire. There's fire everywhere. So what do you do? You get out of the house, right? Because you're in danger. But if you're out of the house, you remember that, that your kids are still inside. What do you do? You forget about no fire, you forget about danger. You go inside because your kids are there. That's perfect love. When you're operating in perfect love, you're not afraid of anything. Another example. Let's say that you're still in the house, in the same house. And uh, these people get inside this house with heavy armory, trying to rob your place. What do you do? You hide. You get out of the place because your life is in danger. But again, your kids are there. What do you do? You go full Texan mode, right? You put your weapons and you go... Exactly, perfect love, perfect love. That's perfect love, and that's what God is asking for. Us. You want an example? And honestly, that's not a part of my notes. This is something that I heard on on a Sunday school, and and it blew my mind like. Poof. And uh, if you are missing Sunday school, you're missing a lot. Seriously, because we're learning, and we're learning a lot, and uh, they. Uh, My sister, she was talking about Stephen. Stephen. And uh, my wife says something that I never heard before. And again, this is not on my notes. But this is the perfect example of uh, perfect love. Uh, The Bible says that Stephen, he was testifying about Jesus being the true son of God. Now remember that he's he's surrounded with people that wants to kill him. At this time, the church is being persecuted. They've been stoned to death. They've been crucified. They've been put on fires, burned alive. And, 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 and Stephen is there. And he's talking about Jesus with this boldness. And he says, I see the sky. I'm paraphrasing again because I don't have it in my nose. I see Jesus. And he's standing right next to the Father. But the Bible says that Jesus is sitting right next to the Father. It means that in that very moment, His perfect love for Jesus put fear aside. And when Jesus is watching this, and He's sitting right next to the fire, and He's like, There! There! That's perfect love right there! That's what God is asking for us. Perfect love. When we are operating in perfect love, we are not afraid of anything. When we are operating in perfect love, we can do anything for God. Let, let me ask you something. And uh, um, the things you do, you don't have to answer me. Just think about it. The things you do in church right now, whatever you're doing, you're serving, you're preaching, you're cleaning, anything, you do it because you have to or because you wanted to for the love you have for God? The reason I'm asking is because I really feel, and I'm being uh, I'm being 100% honest with you, I really feel like the Holy Spirit made me work on this uh, um, message so that He can deal with me. So that He can deal with me because I've been in, in ministry since I was like 22. Uh, uh, when I was 15 years old, I moved to Puerto Rico, and uh, my brother, he, he's been a pastor for more than 25 years, so... I, uh, um, I was raised by my brother. And even though I went back to Costa Rica for two years, I went back to Puerto Rico and stayed with him again. So, uh, because I was the pastor brother, he wanted me to be involved. And uh, I realized that many times in my life, I've been doing things because I have to, not because I wanted to. And that really broke me. And that really break me. And again, I really feel like God made me put this message together so that he get to me. One of the, my biggest complaints with God, my fighting with him, because he's our dad, right? So we get to fight with him just like you do with your kids or your kids do with you, right? Is that he called me to be a preacher. And I don't want to be a preacher. I get excited. Like, I don't want to be a preacher, you know? And uh, everywhere we go, it doesn't matter if I hide underneath a rock. Somebody will come to me and, and call me out and you say, God has called you to do this. And I don't want it. And I realize that if I don't want it, because you talk about things that, that you love, and I realize if I don't want it, it's maybe because I don't love God the, the way I should. So this break me. Well, I was putting this message together. And I asked God for forgiveness. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. When we are in love, we do things with passion. You know who do, he did who did everything with passion? King David. King David did everything with passion. And uh, let's go to uh, First Samuel 1611, First Samuel 1611. And at this point in the Bible and at this point in the Bible, the people of Israel. They were looking for a king, but God was looking for a heart, a heart that loved Him purely. So God told the prophet Samuel to go to this place. Say, go to this house because the new king is there. And uh, this is what happened. First Samuel sixteen eleven, and uh, Pastor Gullock used this uh, verse last Sunday. And when I, when I heard he was using this, I asked the Holy Spirit, Are you sharing my notes with the pastor? <laughs> and uh, so this is what happened. So Samuel goes to this place and, and this is what happened. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is attending the ship. Samuel said, "Send for him, we would not sit down until he arrives. Excuse me. So I want to focus on and, and, uh, and the fact that David was attending the sheep. There is a, a Spanish version that says that uh, David was behind the sheep. David was behind the animal. And uh, we are from the south. We live in the south. We see farms everywhere with cows, with horses, even llamas. Jesus, <laughs> llamas. So we know what's behind the animals. What's behind the animals? The poop, right? Sorry, I, I don't know if it's, that's a bad word, or, but that's what it is, right? So, so l- let me put it to you this way. The greatest prophet of this time is going to your house. He's about to sit down with your father. He's about to sit down with your brothers. And you're outside taking care of the animals. In the back. I want you to put yourself in that situation. Let's say that the biggest prophet, the biggest man of God of this time, Smith Willsworth, uh, Charles Spurgeon, Reinhard Bonnke, good luck at ha ah, Who say amen? Amen, huh? Who can say amen? Amen! Pastor, Tim didn't say Amen. That's church discipline right there. And uh, and uh, so the biggest prophet of your time comes to your place, about to sit down with your family, and you're outside behind the animals. I mean, he, can, he got the right, he got all the right to be upset. Are you serious? Like, they're about to go sit down and eat? But the Bible doesn't say anything about that. And according to what we know, about David, that David was a man after God's own heart, I I imagine that he was like, wow, the man of God is in my house. Wow, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll get to sit with the man of God. Maybe one day I, I get to go from here to the kingdom. And you know what? His passion took David from behind the animals to be the king of Israel. Because everything that David did, he did with passion. He took care of the animals with passion. He fought Goliath with passion. He played the harp with passion. He served King Saul with passion. Even though the King Saul wanted to kill him. In every turn, David served him with passion. Because he understood that that was the man of God at the time. Your heart, your passion will open doors for you. When you have that passion for God, when you're doing things that nobody is watching, God is watching. And He will take you from here to there like this. Hallelujah. You know what else David did with passion? He repented with passion. He was quick to repent. Amen. And uh, let's go to Psalm fifty one ten psalm fifty one ten to twelve and I used this verse a couple of months ago in, uh, in the man's breakfast it's just I, I love king David. I love King David because he was not perfect. he was not perfect, but he loved God with his heart. Do you know that uh, David is the second person most mentioned in the Bible after Jesus? That he's the only person in the entire Bible with the title, A Man After God's Own Heart. So that means that God really wants want us to know about him. Don't you think? Hallelujah. So, Psalm fifty-one, ten to 12 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Can you say that with me? Create in me a clean heart. Oh, God. When God has to create something new, it's because the one we have is useless. It doesn't work. Create in me, Oh, God, a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. He was in the presence of God. And take not your Holy Spirit from me, He had the Holy Spirit. So that, that means that sometimes we can have the Holy Spirit. We can, have, we can be in the presence of God. But if we don't have the right heart, we don't, we're not going to be able to understand God's vision. We're not going to be able to understand the, the man of God's vision. Don't you see uh, uh, something similar right here with David and the Church of Ephesus, they have the Holy Spirit. They are in the presence of God, but at the moment they don't have the right heart. And David understood. At this moment in time, David have a committed sin with Bathsheba. You know the story, guys, right? You know the story. The Bible says that David was walking in, you know, in the palace. And he saw this lady. She was taking a bath. She was naked. And she saw... I, I mean, he saw that. I'm sorry. And uh, he liked what it he saw. He, he could choose to walk away, but he stayed over there. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think if in this very moment David had to have the right heart with God, he would stay there? No. No. So, he stayed there. He committed sin. And God, uh, he thought that God will never find out, but God did. And confronting him, the the most silly thing you can think about is that do something and God will never know. Come on. And uh, God confronting him, and he 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 got break. Like David got broken because he broke uh, God's heart. Amen. Number 12, restore to me the joy of salvation. He was safe. He was safe, but he didn't have any joy. How do we know when we have joy for salvation? Like When we have joy for something, we want to share it, right? What happens when you get a new car? Hey, hey, look at my car. Look at my car. Hey, you need a ride, Pastor? Oh, look at my car. Hey. You know, Maddie just got a new car like a couple of months ago and uh, the first day she's like, can we wash the car? Like, What do you mean? It's new, it's clean. And she's like, because I want it shiny. Uh, because she's happy. She wants people to see her car, her new car. She has joy for that. Huh? What happens when you have a new baby? Hey, look at my baby. Look at my baby. Hey, my baby. you see Pastor Amy or Josh like 25 pictures a day on Facebook. Just for their babies. Why? Because they're happy. They want to share their, their baby. They have joy for that. When we have joy, we want to share things. What do women do when they go to the mall and they see that the shoe store is like 50% off? They dial in, they're calling mama, they're calling sister, they're calling grandma, everybody, because they want people to know so when we have joy for the kingdom, we share it. And, God, and, and David knew. He understood that God needed to be first. And then when, when he got confronted about his sin, he was quick to repent. Right there in the same place, Psalm 51, uh, 4. Psalm 51, 4. Against you. You only I have seen. Like, against you, like, forget about the pastor, forget about the church, forget about what people say. It's against you, Lord. I have seen against you. Number seven, pure me with hyssop, and I should be clean. Wash me, and I should be whiter than the snow. He understood that loving God needed to be the first thing loving God, it has to be the first thing in our life, God. I'm telling you, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me, Jonathan, you need to get your things straight. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm a sinner. I'm, no, I love God. But sometimes you, you do things because you have to, not because you want to. You know what I mean? Can you guys understand what I'm saying? And uh, I know that... Um, there's things that can happen that, that make our love for God um, wash away. I mean, are you hurt? Like somebody hurt you when uh, when you were doing uh, ministry? Like were you doing something for the church, working for the Lord, and, and, and somebody hurt you? We need to understand that once we are safe, we are... Uh, once we receive Jesus in our heart, we are safe, we are healed, we are doors open to prosperity, prosperity, but also persecution. It's there. It's in the Bible. We need to understand. Let's say what the Bible says. Matthew 5, 11, 12. Bless are you when people insult you, persecute you, And falsely say all kinds of evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. So what are we supposed to do when people say all kinds of evil against us? We need to be rejoice and be glad. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have treasure in heaven. They, they have people that like me here on earth. I used to have a, uh, an old friend. He already went to, uh, with the Lord. He was a pastor and he always said, if people are not talking bad about you, it's because you're not doing any damage to the kingdom of darkness. Let me say that again. If nobody's saying trash about you, Talking evil about you is because you don't represent any threat to the kingdom of darkness. When you're not doing anything, absolutely nothing, the devil will leave you alone right there. He will put you a fan in AC like... But in the moment, but in the moment that you start working for God, gaining souls and preaching about the whole hell will come against you. So if people hurt you, know there's rewards for you in heaven. Pastor, there's rewards in heaven for us. Rejoice. Hallelujah. This is excited. Are you discouraged? And I notice my time is running quickly. My God. Are you discouraged? I understand that uh, we live in a world that is working against the church. Nowadays good is bad bad is good we feel the pressure we feel like we don't belong but it's because we don't belong the bible uh, uh, we don't belong the bible says that even though we live in this planet we don't belong to this planet our passport is from heaven how many have a passport from heaven if you don't have one, you need to get run. You don't want to miss that fly. Hallelujah. We need to understand that our time and air and this planet is so little. So that we can go in eternity with God. What the Bible says, Isaiah Isaiah forty one ten. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. Hallelujah. Even though that we live in this planet, we don't belong to this planet. We are like aliens. Talk Talk to your brother right next to you and say, You are an alien. Now look again and say, no wonder. (laughs) Hallelujah. Heaven is our final destination. So know that when people come against you, and the Holy Spirit is jumping inside of you, it's because you don't belong here. So it's okay when you go, run, run. It's okay. Stand for it. God is with you. God is with you. It's okay that we can call what's good, good, and what's wrong is wrong. We are called. That's why we are different. That's why we are different. And let me just go away, go ahead and go to the uh, to the end. It's funny because last time I promised I'm gonna be quick because I want to get invited again. And this time, oh my God. (laughs) Hallelujah. So do you know that the Bible offers us the map. It's like a map to always be on fire with God. It's a three-step. It's a map in the Bible. Alan, there's a map in the Bible with three steps to teach us how to stay on fire with God. Hallelujah. Don't look at me weird. Joshua 1, 7 to 9. And at this point in the Bible... Moses is dead. Moses is gone. And God goes to uh, Joshua and says, Get up and take these people to the promised land. Now imagine what a pressure. I mean Moses. He's supposed to replace Moses. The guy who opened the Red Sea. The guy who took all those plates to Egypt. The guy who used to go to the mountain and combat with LED lights in his face. Uh, that's, the Bible said that his face was with so much light that he, he needed to cover it because people got afraid, right? That's what the Bible says. So imagine the pressure. And, uh, and, and we see God as a father one more time and say, my son, listen to this. Obey this. And the Bible says again in, in Joshua 1, to 7-9, it says, be strong and courageous, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you might be successful wherever you go. And then he gives you the three steps. Number one, keep this book of the law, which book? The Bible. Keep this book of the law always in your lips meditate on it, day and night. Number two, and if you do this, you will be careful in everything that is written on it. So if we don't meditate, if we don't keep it on our, in our heart, we will not be careful to do what is written on it, right? So it's a three steps uh, process. Number one, we keep this book of the law always in our heart, always in our lips, Meditate on it day and night. Number two, so that you might be careful in everything that He's writing on it. And number three, then you will be prosperous and successful. How many here wants to be prosperous and successful? Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That word again, discouraged. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God would be with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. If we keep this book of the law in our heart, we will always be in love with God. How do you renew your love with your wife? Like keeping that relationship going. Keeping that love, staying together, getting together, getting getting to know together. In every situation. Maddie and I, we, we have been together for 19 years. And not everything has been so good. There's times where she like... But with love, with patience. Getting to know each other. We keep this going. Amen. Amy, can you help me out real quick? I love, I love the way Jesus started to the, to the church in Ephesus. And He said, I know your works. God knows everything you do. And He's thankful. He's thankful for everything you do. In church, it doesn't matter if he's preaching. It doesn't matter if he's checking on the door. If it's cleaning. If it's small groups. If he's playing the piano right now. He's thankful for you. He said, thank you, my son. I know your works. I see you. I see, I see what you're doing. But don't forget don't forget the love is the most important that's what I want for you I want from you your love let's give our love to God with all your heart with all of our strength and everything else will flow everything else will flow let's pray real quick Father thank you thank you for your word Thank you for your presence. Lord, I'm sorry. Me, Jonathan, Jonathan Hidalgo, I'm sorry. Because many times I did things because I have to, not because I want And I repent, Lord. I repent. Lord, give us a heart like like Moses. That Moses chose you before the promised land before the milk or the honey. Give us a heart like David, that he was quick to repent. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. Spirit of, Holy Spirit, guide us to get to know you more. In Jesus', Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed.